0: for free and every order for a year. Plus get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennium Money. And today we are demystifying life insurance. shauna compton game it will expand your brain I do happen to know that talking about life insurance probably isn't the most exciting podcast topic, but I beg you if you're listening to this podcast to keep listening because my goal is to demystify life insurance as much as I can for you so that maybe it isn't so scary or maybe it's a little bit more approachable for you. I always tell people, you know, making smart money moves, it isn't just about saving and investing and those are the topics that we hear a lot about, right? Because those are... I guess you know the fun stuff. I mean, saving isn't necessarily fun, (laughs) except if we're saving something for something that we really, really want. But you know, investing can be fun, certainly if we um, we grow our our proceeds. But you know, talking about covering some risks that you might have exposure to. It's not fun to think about this stuff, but, you know, I always said nobody said adulting is all roses and sunshine. I mean, there's a lot of times where, uh, especially when it comes to money, admittedly, there's stuff I don't want to talk about or I don't want to deal with, you know? It's like, okay, I will look at the bank account balance tomorrow, I'll figure that out tomorrow, Uh, I don't want to think about it today, and I don't know if you have one of those Types of brains like I have, but I don't even know what how to classify it really. But I can totally fixate on something to a point where you know it, it will drive me almost insane, and then I can't have like a normal conversation or I can't watch TV and, and relax. It's it really sometimes feels like, um. I don't know. It sometimes I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know, and I, I've been this way in my life about different things where I can just get so laser focused, and then it's hard for me to relax about it. And money has been one of those things over my life where it, it's come in and out of different phases like that. I know I've shared uh, on this podcast before in the past where. I used to not even like looking at my ATM receipt, which is totally dumb, right? It's not going to change however much money is in the account or not in the account. And there was always enough money in the account, which is, I think, what makes me kind of laugh now because, you know, I, it wasn't like a fear that. I wouldn't have enough money to pay my bills, but it was just this weird thing that goes on in my brain where I start subtracting out, you know, all the bills that are upcoming, and then, oh, we're gonna go out to dinner, or we're gonna do this, and and it's like money starts, um, you know, going down that black hole in my head, and uh, it, it's it, maybe it's like being on a roller coaster, you know, like I just can't stop it, and so I literally had to do a ton of of work, like inside myself thinking and figuring out like, why am I like that? You know, what is that about me that, um, has me fixated like that? And that's not a fun process by the way. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Um, looking inside yourself, it's like sometimes, you know, it's, it's not always fun, but I think as you know, when it comes to money or relationships or things like that, that are really tough in life, sometimes you got to do that to figure out why certain things are happening or why you're feeling certain way. And I, I definitely feel, um, if I can use the word fixed or cured from that, um, it took a few years to get to the point, but, um, you know, now I can I can look at my ATM receipts and I don't have that that sheer, you know, panic or that, you know, ridiculous kind of mouth calculation going on in my head. But the whole point of this story is not to go on about me, but to just share with you that, you know, we all have kind of our own strange, um, I'm not going to use the word neuroses because that's not a good word, but we all have like our strange, I guess, hangups when it comes to money, right? There's something that we we don't like to do. And a lot of times talking about things like life insurance is one of those things where we would rather just like plug our ears and not, um, not think about it. And uh, I totally understand that. And I've also seen the other side of life insurance where there's been especially young people who have had life insurance and it's certainly become like a godsend for for them and their their spouse or their boyfriend girlfriend or their child, you know, if, if something happened to them. So I know it's not a fun topic, but hang oh, hang with me here, right? Well, let's try and have as much fun as like humanly possible talking about this. So um, I, it depends on how uh, how old you are listening to this podcast, but there there was a money guru expert, Susie Orman, who. Um, Kind of, I guess, charted the course for a lot of us openly talking about money the way we do. Uh, like her or not, she had kind of this this phrase that she coined, which was "buy term and invest the rest," and that was her way of saying, you know, we all should just buy term insurance and then and invest the rest of our money and you know uh, wipe our hands clean and it will all be a perfect, fantastic day. Well, the invest the rest part of that equation wasn't always happening. right? So we know a lot of times if money just kind of hangs out in our bank account, it goes somewhere. We might not know exactly where. Um, and, And a lot of times it doesn't get invested or growing in the right direction. So it's not that easy to just say that you should have or not have life insurance or that you should have this kind of life insurance and not that kind of life insurance. It really is uh, you know, an individual decision and there are different, uh, circumstances, I guess I would say that would cause you to maybe think one way or another. And there's a lot of questions about, like, do I even need life insurance? And the answer could possibly be no. I mean, that is a legitimate answer for some people. You know, if you're single and you don't have many assets, maybe not, maybe it's not something that you, um, you purchase right now, you know, it might not have a lot of value in your life. You know, if you're married, you're in a serious relationship, you're living with someone, you have kids, you have a house or other assets, maybe it's something that you look at. And a lot of times, the way I like to talk about life insurance is, is I think, maybe counterintuitive to a little bit how we work taught or how we might even think about life insurance. So I think traditionally we think about, okay, something happens to me. I'm going to have this life insurance to provide this sum of money to uh, to Jeff, to my spouse, right? And then he's going to take that money and like pay off everything or pay off the house or pay off the cars or whatever it may be. And then he's going to go on his merry way. Well, what most people don't think about is if you've been in a relationship with someone and you own a house or you own other assets, and your life is based off of those incomes that you both make. If suddenly one of those incomes is gone, that could be a real shock for the person that's left, right? They may not make enough money to cover that gap. And then a lot of times that means, well, do we sell the house? Do we move? Uh, you know, who have to sell cars, who have to like, what what does life look like then when that other person and that other income isn't there? And so, uh, a an approach that a lot of people use when they're talking about how much life insurance to buy is something called like the human value approach, right? And this is basically like, how much money do you stand to make over your lifetime? Can you quantify that number? There's all sorts of calculators online. I'll put a couple in the show notes. And then that is the number that you're actually looking to replace because rather than, you know, the spouse or the loved one or whoever it is taking that chunk of money and paying everything off, taking that chunk of money and investing it and then living off the interest, right? So the principal keeps growing. So in essence, what you're doing is you're more or less replacing that person's income so that you don't have to dramatically change the way that you're living your life. Now, of course, you probably will make some changes, but the point is they don't have to be dramatic, right? Another way that a lot of people look at uh, life insurance is a multiple of income. So often uh, eight to 10 times is kind of the multiple you'll find of income, and that's how you should dial in uh, life insurance. So there isn't necessarily a right or a wrong way to, to do this stuff. And there's a bunch of different flavors when it comes to life insurance. And I want to talk about some of those different flavors because I think there's a lot of confusion over that, and understandably so. So the most common flavor that you'll hear of is something called term insurance, right? And it's pretty straightforward. Think about it like rent, right? Like you're renting... You're renting your apartment, right? You're renting life insurance for a specific term. And it's usually sold in either 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. And the way it normally works is the shorter the term, the least expensive it is, right? Because if we're going out to 30 years, that's a longer time span that that the insurance company is essentially covering the risk of your life, if that makes sense. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah. You're not alone, but worrying about it it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So, how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well. Honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make earn a part of your financial routine and join earn over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earn I think about financial stability, security gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnincom slash T-O-S for details. earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news? Well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time-consuming. I tried all of the apps, Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. It's cheap when you're young and you're healthy. Um, There's... There's no magic about that. you know. When you're young and you're healthy, um, term insurance can be a really good way for you to leverage a large sum of money for a really small price tag. And you can pay for life insurance lots of different ways. You can pay for it monthly. You can pay for it quarterly. You can pay for it semi-annually or annually, right? Um, Obviously, if you break up, uh, you go down to monthly or quarterly. There's a small little surcharge that they add, but it's not dramatic. It's certainly not um, a big amount of money. So there's lots of different ways that you can pay for it. You don't have to pay for it you know, all at once. But again, you're able to leverage that larger sum of money for a pretty low price tag. Now, if you're not healthy, right, if you've had some things in your past, that's where it tends to get a little tricky. So the way that life insurance is... Um, Uh, approved, I guess I would say, by the life insurance carriers are different health ratings. And you go through an exam, right? So an examiner would come to your apartment, come to your house, come to your work. They usually draw blood. You got to pee in a cup. They ask you a few questions. You step on a scale, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that fun stuff. It's painless. It may take a half hour at the most. Uh, It's not a big deal. It's not something for you to freak out about. Usually the nurses that come out are very, very nice. They do this all day long, right? But they'll do this exam and then they'll send it off to the life insurance carrier. The life insurance carrier will often also get your medical records. So they'll, they'll um, contact your primary doctor and they'll get your records of you know, whatever visits you've had in the past. And they'll look at all that information and then they'll come back to you with a rating, and super preferred is the best rating, right? But usually, at about four percent of the population actually gets this rating. So right under it is preferred, and then you kind of step down from there. Um, and it's you know it's something where you know you obviously apply for the best rating, but it, it, there's a lot of times things in medical records that we don't think are a big deal, but to a life insurance carrier are. So um, you would be surprised at the amount of people who think that things aren't in medical records that are actually in medical records, like for instance, marijuana use. (laughs) So a lot of times uh, younger people will think, I don't need to tell them that I smoke pot like three or four times a week. And surprise, it's going to show up in your in your exam, and it could potentially show up in your medical records. Or I've had people who have said, um, "No, I'm perfectly healthy. Everything is perfectly fine with me." And then when they review the medical records, they come back and they're like, "Shauna, did you know that this person um, had X, Y, Z happen to them, or you know, cancer or something that's that's pretty significant?" And so I'll go back and say, "Hey, did you?" did you not tell me about the cancer or did you forget about that? And it's like, oh yeah, well, I forgot. I didn't think they needed to know about cancer. So I'm giving you kind of like a, (laughs) I'm giving you kind of like an extreme example, but you get where I'm coming from, right? There's a lot of stuff in your medical records that you've, Told your doctors that you don't think is that big of a deal, but they're written down in your medical records. So it's hard to argue a lot of times. Um, some companies are more aggressive; some are more liberal. It just kind of depends. But anyway, I'm totally getting off on the on the topic here. But you get where I'm coming from, right? There's different health ratings is how you're going to be uh, assessed, and then that will, you know, obviously dictate the the price that you're going to be offered. Um, and there's smoker and non-smoker rates, right? And again, if you're a smoker, it's really hard for you to uh, fool or trick the life insurance carrier. They're pretty pretty good at sussing this, these things out, you know? Um, so that's term insurance, right? You could also have a policy through work. You may have some sort of life insurance, which is some variable of your income through work. And look, even if it's free, even if it's a free policy that, that you get, it's important to understand what it is and how it works, right? Um, so the thing that you should know about company life insurance is it's not portable, meaning if you leave your job, right, your life insurance does not come with you. Individual life insurance, if you bought it outside of work, that would come with you, right? So that's just a um, individual policy that you've bought has absolutely no bearing on where you work. Uh, those are two kind of uh, differences between you know, the company life insurance and the individual life insurance. And also often with the company life insurance, it's something called guaranteed issue. And that just means that you're guaranteed to get that policy. So you most likely won't have to go through an exam. You'll probably just have to answer a few health questions and that'll be it, right? So there's a little bit of a difference there. So that's our term insurance. Cheap when we're young and healthy. Uh, We can pick which term we want. If nothing happens to us during that term, then the life insurance goes away, right? Uh, so the other type of life insurance is called permanent and there's a lot of talk about permanent life insurance people either love it or hate it. And I think again it all uh, it all boils down to what problem are you trying to solve? you know uh, Certainly permanent insurance is not a fix for everyone. It's not something that everybody should spend money on. but for some people it m- might be a smart decision. So again, we have a couple different flavors of permanent. We've got indexed universal life, universal life, whole life, and variable life. And all of these are focused on a cash value component of the idea of building some sort of cash in the policy, right? So you have your death benefit, but then you also have some sort of account that is hopefully building cash as well along with the death benefit. And then the idea is that you can access that cash along the way while you're alive if you need to access that that cash. It it becomes an asset. So all these policies work a little bit different. Variable life being the riskiest because that's actually tied to the stock market. Indexed universal life is tied to an index like the S&P 500, right? And those policies often have what's called a floor and a cap. So what that means is if any given time period let's just say a year you know the S&P 500 is negative and most of the index universal life policies your floor is 0 so you're never going to earn more than 0% in that particular year so you're never going to have the down losses but there's also a cap usually somewhere around 10 12% so if the S&P 500 goes up 18% and your cap is 10, then you will be capped. So you won't have that, uh, that extra gain increase, right? So it's trying to keep you in like this safe zone. So they say whole life is often tied to dividends from a a company and whole life has fixed premiums, right? So you have to make the premium payment where universal life offers flexibility with payments. If one year you can't make the payment, it's usually not a big deal. Um, but whole life you absolutely have to make those payments. So these policies can be a little bit trickier. Uh, some policies, again, can provide you with an option for cash withdrawals while you're alive. Some people use that as an alternate for retirement income, right? Kind of a counterbalance to whatever's going on in the stock market. But it, it just depends and that there's no one-size-fits-all with this, with life insurance. So if you're thinking about permanent life insurance, even if you're thinking about term life insurance, I really can suggest, you know, working with a certified financial planner or life insurance expert, somebody who knows these products day in, day out, and can help find the best solution for your own situation. Again, while you're young and healthy, term insurance works really well. It's cheap, and it's going to allow you to have coverage while you're building wealth in other areas. It's not going to break your bank, right? Um, and I think that's really important to note because you know a lot of times when you, you're just getting married or you know you're you're uh, decided to you know. Be in partnership with someone or you're, you're having kids, you know, you're trying to balance a lot of different things financially. And sometimes it is just ridiculously overwhelming, you know, and, and you know that you need to, you know, take care of some of these risks, some of these things that aren't Fun money topics, but you know, uh, when it comes down to it, obviously, you know, the thought of sometimes going out to dinner in the movies or buying life insurance—I mean, I know which one's going to win. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm with you on that. You know, it's 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 not necessarily um, a fun thing to think about, but you know, if a small amount of money out of your budget every month can leverage a sum of money that's going to give you peace of mind. Um, I kind of think it's worth thinking about. I'm not saying it's the right decision for you, and I'm not saying it's something you have to absolutely do right now. But you know, that's that's really what being uh, smart with your money, making smart money moves, is all about. Is just at least thinking about these things, examining them, and it may be like this year. Yeah, that's not the right fit. But but there may be things happening next year where hey, that might be the right fit. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, keep shouting it out to your friends, keep spreading it around, and head on over to the link in the show notes to leave us a review in iTunes.